Peter, Philip Lowe is, is not flavour of the month at the moment. Is the criticism fair? Well, Sally, it's that comment from Philip Lowe in late 2020 at the height of the pandemic that the RBA's cash rate would probably stay near zero until 2024. It wasn't a promise, but borrowers who only heard 2024 certainly heard it that way. It was revealed late last year that Mr Lowe had been earlier advised to avoid rate-specific guidance. And it's not just regular borrowers. The insurance giant IA is also feeling the inflation pain. This morning it reported a 170% surge in first half profit to $468 million, but it's also flagged plans to lift premiums by 10% as high inflation flows through to payouts on home and motor policies. Also, floods and weather events in Australia and New Zealand means IAG needs a bigger buffer to handle more natural catastrophes. But on the back of the future of Philip Lowe and whether he gets a second term, IAG Chief Executive Nick Hawkins acknowledged that Mr Lowe has a blunt tool of rate rises to fight inflation and a mandate to pull it down from the current very hot 7.8% to the RBA's target of 2 to 3%. And being unpopular is part of a tough job. Yeah, I think it's a challenging time for the government. I mean, we've, we've experienced it in our own company, but the country has as well, where we've had inflation greater than expectation. One of the levers the government has and the Reserve Bank has is around interest rates. And, you know, getting the setting of that right to slow down inflation um, but managing the economy of Australia. And I think that's that's actually a challenging role for the, the Reserve Bank and the Governor. And do you think some of the criticism has been overblown, in particular those criticisms that he should resign or retire, um, given that his key mandate is to control inflation? I mean, I think it's a tough job. And he's trying to manage multiple stakeholders. He's trying to manage the future of the, the Australian economy to reduce inflation. He's got a, a lever with interest rates that's you know, is, is a tough one to message to the country. And, you know, I think all of that needs to be thought through in, in relation to, to views around this. And uh, IAG customers are currently being hurt by nine consecutive interest rate rises. Uh, there are two more rate rises to come, it seems. So will premiums at IAG begin to rise? I mean, premiums have been rising at IAG. I mean, driven by combination of the inflationary environment that we've experienced together with our experience with perils and reinsurance costs. So, you know, what we're expecting over the next sort of six to 12 months is probably a slowing down of inflationary impacts, so sort of a slowdown of acceleration. And the combination of that with perils and reinsurance means that we are anticipating further pricing to be flowing through our business. But if inflation starts falling, at what point would premiums fall or would they fall at all? At the moment, we're not expecting inflation to fall. It's really the, the slowdown and the speed of acceleration. So, you know, we're expecting costs to increase, but the sort of a slowdown in the movement really is what we're is what we're anticipating. What's known as the natural peril expectation has ballooned after flood events in multiple Australian states. So in plain language, does this mean that you have to keep those premiums up as you prepare for more weather events? I mean, our, our view is over the next number of years, we're going to see increased frequency and severity of weather events. And so some of that's going to be reflected in our pricing. But of course, you know, there's a broader issue for our countries around where where we're zoning and building out new properties, 
the standards to which we're building to um, and investing in sort of mitigation to, to ensure that we create more resilient communities. And have you seen improvements in things like flood mapping, for example, from local councils so people know for sure that they might be building in a risky area like a floodplain? We're definitely seeing improvement in coordination amongst councils, state governments, federal governments, other, other stakeholders like the industry, insurance industry. So our view is more around how do we accelerate into this. So we need to do more and more of this. We need to spend more money. We need to mitigate. We need to coordinate more to really ensure we create a more resilient Australia and New Zealand. Is climate change now fully baked into your expectations? We know that we're going to see increased frequency and severity of events. So do our reinsurance partners, and that's that's certainly being factored into their pricing. And it sort of goes to the core of our business model and what we're thinking about the risk profile and the pricing that we that we um, provide to our customers. It's uh, Nick Hawkins there, the chief executive of the insurance giant IAG. Um, Peter, there's no let up of pressure on uh, Philip Lowe, the RBA governor, and we'll be hearing from him at least twice this week. Well, that's right, Sally. Mr Lowe will be grilled at two parliamentary committees on Wednesday and Friday, and no doubt he'll be asked for another please explain on that 2024 comment and probably whether he plans to tough this out uh, or retire or resign rather than seek a second term. Late last year, Mr Lowe said he wasn't going anywhere and has repeatedly explained his reasoning for the 2024 comment. Now, the review into the central bank will land in the in-tray of Treasurer Jim Chalmers by the end of March and made public before the May budget. Mr Chalmers says there'll be a decision on Mr Lowe's future by the middle of the year. And despite some heavy questioning, he hasn't backed Mr Lowe emphatically using the cover of the RBA's independence from government to be as non-committal as possible as he awaits the findings of the review. And finally, there's some evidence that mortgage stress is emerging. A report out from the Financial Research House Finder has surveyed more than a 1,000 borrowers and says one in eight have missed a repayment in the past six months, with rising interest rates the leading cause.